Welcome to the LMS podcast, leading discussions on market insights, new services and important topics that are currently impacting the conveyancing sector. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, I'm Travis Scholes and welcome to the LMS podcast. It's the 7th of November. Uh, today we're here with Nick Chadbourne, CEO and our resident SME, Chris Williams, on the future of payments and synchronisation in the conveyancing landscape and space. Gentlemen, how are we this morning? We well? All good. Very good, thank you. Thanks for coming on today. So, um, hot topic in the industry right now is about synchronisation, future of payments. Uh, been a lot of talk, a lot of press, uh, a lot of new products and people entering the space talking about what the end state is going to look like when it comes to synchronization. So today we're going to talk about that. So for the law firms I'm talking to in the conveyancing community at the moment, there's still some ambiguity in terms of what the future is going to look like, on what time scale it's going to, the change is going to occur, um, and what it's going to look like as, as far as the end state is concerned. So we're going to jump straight into the end state. Actually, we'll start at the end. What's the end state going to look like for the synchronization and movement of monies in the conveyancing space, Chris? I'll go to you first. So I think it's important to look back at where synchronization ultimately is, has come from uh, to, I guess, answer that question of you know wh- where we sort of stand today. Uh, and the answer to that is, is that the journey to synchronization started back in 2018 when the Bank of England um, issued a consultation to look at the movement of money and the, um, the, the legal ownership of an asset. And they looked at this across all asset classes. So this wasn't specific to property and, and conveyancing and that consultation ultimately resulted in the broader market saying actually this sounds like a good idea if we can transfer the ownership of an asset and synchronize the movement of money at the same time that's a positive thing it reduces settlement risk so we should look at this more fast forward a few years 2021 the bank of international settlement gets involved in innovation capabilities spun up in 2022 there's a further consultation around this there's a couple of projects that are launched one specifically in relation to property and in 2023 early this year in february the bank of england said right we're going to put this on the roadmap so synchronization is on the bank of england's roadmap that that's currently where we stand today so we know it's going to happen uh, that's the plan at, at some stage that the, the question is when but it is it is coming and i think that's probably the one of the, the important things to set out is that this is going to happen at some stage in the future. So it's a good point to make. So firstly, this is not a, a specific problem to the property market. This is a broader um, kind of agreement with the Bank of England about the, the digital movement of assets, right? Correct. So with that being said, let's talk about conveyancing specifically um, before we get on to kind of the lender and law firm view. And I'll bring Nick into that conversation. What do we know about what that end state is going to look like in terms of the process um, and how it's going to operate in you know, layman's terms day to day? The reality is, is that's still being worked out. So whilst we know what the end state looks like, this is the the, sync, the, the movement of money and the lodgement of title in, in the context of conveyancing, we know what that looks like. That's the, if you like, the end state and that's the, the North Star that's being aimed to. How that ultimately happens, that has all got to be uh, worked out. So there's major replatforming taking place, such as there's a new RTGS uh, systems going in the ISO 20022 standards being adopted and coming. So these are all technical things that are happening to enable new things to happen in the payment space and the payments market. So whilst we know what that end state is, the actual process and the journey to get there, that, that that's the bit that incrementally needs to be worked out and, and, and there's a journey to go on with that. So that, that's where we are today. I think it's really important to kind of establish that we know what that is but we don't know how it's going to work. So the movement of asset 
and the movement of money at the same time is the thing that's going to happen. How it happens is a whole other ballgame. That's a really good point to make. So again, I liken it back to the conversations I'm having in the law firm community specifically. I know, Nick, you've had conversations with lenders. There is a level of confusion out there in terms of there is products being pitched, there's processes being pitched. And if we're sitting here today going, we know that the end state is going to be that movement of assets and movement of money, synchronization, but we're not entirely sure how that's going to happen. How are lenders feeling at the moment, Nick, from your point of view in terms of, do they understand how to get to that point, to that end state, or is it just too early? Well, I think from a from a lender perspective, there's kind of two things to look at. One is, is the movement of money a problem that they want solving? And I think at this stage, the answer is no, in terms of kind of from, from a risk profile, from you know, cost benefit, all those kind of good, uh, good things. And that's one thing. I think there's then the conveyancing process. And I think what I see at the moment is the synchronization, the settlement and lodgement being wrapped up in fixing the conveyancing process. And the two things are getting kind of bundled in together. You know, everybody wants a faster, slicker, more certain conveyancing process. But to peg that onto products and services that are primarily kind of driven around settlement and lodgement confuses things. So actually, you know, bringing products into the market and saying, we're going to fix X, Y, Z, and we're going to fix the conveyancing process by doing synchronization by this thing with land registry is just nonsense. It's just not going to happen. The things are separate component parts and there is so much complexity in the whole thing. There isn't a product and service. You can just go, well, there you go. That's it. Buy that. It just doesn't exist. So Chris, I'm going to ask you a question here in terms of timescales here. So again, um, you know, different conferences you'll go to, you hear anything between kind of three and 10 years being pitched in terms of reaching that end state. Do you have a view from um, obviously the work you're doing with the Bank of England um, and the innovation schedules that you've been part of about what that timescale is going to look like? Well, this is going to be an incremental journey. I think just to pick up on what, what Nick's just said there, we're talking about one or two particular parts of the of the conveyancing process, the, 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 the settlement of the money and the lodgement of the title. Before all that, lots of other things happen. There's lots of other component parts. So if we just talk in the context of, you know, when, if, if the million dollar question is, is when when is RTGS and synchronization gonna come live? The answer to that is, is it's not 100% clear. There is a particular uh, roadmap in place. We'll know more in the spring of, of 2024 uh, next year in terms of some of those feature sets and how that might look. Um, in terms of this app, the potential of this thing possibly going live, it's 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 a good couple couple of years away at best. The roadmap that real time growth settlement is on in terms of its upgrade and new things that are coming in, that's still reasonably fluid. There's there's parts of that so this that, that are still being implemented. So so, so this is a, a fluid situation. It's not as I say that you, you, we can't. There's no specific date. Is is the short answer. And that's just the payment side. Land registry, the ability to charge on, charge off across all different application types is a whole other ballgame. And we are years away from that being able to happen. So it actually brings me on to the next point. In terms of you both mentioned the stepping stones or you know the incremental changes we need to make on the journey. What are the same, some of the major milestones on the journey towards this size synchronization other than HMLR, as you mentioned, what other things need to happen to facilitate this new journey? Again, we have to put it into context. Um, the key thing is the the ability to be able to transfer the the, the title. Uh, there's going to be technical capabilities that need to be there to enable that to happen. The removal of that title, the actual transfer of the money. We don't at the moment. The the vast majority of conveyancing transactions are 
or leverage or use the chaps payment mechanism. So the how how this stuff is going to be settled, that's not even been determined yet. You know, is it going to be uh, on chaps? Is it going to be on other mechanisms? Is it going to be something completely different? We, we don't know. So there's all of this that's got to be worked out, and and we'll be certainly playing a part in in supporting that and understanding how this is done so there's there's lots still to work out I wouldn't say we're at an embryonic phase per se because there's there's quite a bit of work that's been done to get us to this state but what we definitely are is, is still in that discovery element of how is this going to all integrate and work so I appreciate I'm not kind of giving you a list of here's the 10 things that need to be done in the order that need to be done because again ultimately this is an incremental journey part of which is still being mapped out um and I think that's probably, you know, a, a key point to make. I think some of the assumptions we can make are around core component parts that need to be addressed between lender and law firm, land registry, some of the connectivity. So, you know, COTS, redemption statements, you know, applications going into land registry, all of this. So kind of the orchestration, you know, the customer bank details and those kind of things, money coming in, money going out. So being able to orchestrate a transaction then it really doesn't matter what payment rail you go on to. You know, the movement of money is then kind of a decision you can make afterwards. And as long as you can, there are connectivities or enough uh, kind of connectivities into land registry to allow the lodgement element to happen synchronously. Yeah. Try that. Um, then yeah, that that they are the component parts that we kind of know will have to happen because all of those will remain the same. You know, you're going to have to request money, you're going to have to do a redemption statement, you're going to have to take a charge on, you're going to have to put a charge, uh, take a charge off, put a charge on. All those things have to happen. So you can kind of build those component parts now, and there's lots of that that's already happening. The great benefit of that is it actually speeds up the process now, so you get benefits today, as well as aiming for kind of or getting ready for this uh, this kind of settlement lodgement synchronization at the end of it. And I guess at a high level. You know, if we, if we, if, as I said, it's difficult to break this down into the smaller component parts, but at a high level, I think to pick up on what you just said, Nick, you, th there are kind of two elements to it. There's the orchestration bit, which Nick's just mentioned, and then there's, there's an element called the synchronization operator. So this is an entity that essentially will have a level of asset ledger which says, look, has the money been moved? Is it ready to go? Can the lodgement of title be changed? And that's kind of a, another core component part. At a very high level, there are the two bits. But as I say, this is all still being worked out. So I'm just going to ask a few kind of smaller details, particularly for the law firm community here. Um, so I've set through a few presentations over the last sort of few months, um, starting in the summer, um, by people talking about kind of this journey towards synchronization. And there is quite a lot of confusion from a law firm point of view about kind of what that means to the current process, particularly how they handle funds, um, the interest they, they own off their, their client accounts, the, the fees they charge for kind of for, for moving monies, kind of underpins some of the conveyancing transactions that happen, particularly the low value ones. It was very, very unclear from those people doing those presentations about the future of that fee, that fee section of, of the transaction. And if those fees were to move away, what would come and replace it? So I think, you know, Let's be really honest about it. In, in the view of what we can see today, what do we think about that, that part of the amazing transaction, particularly those fees? What's going to happen to them in the future? I think from a law firm community point of view, some clarity around that in terms of what we know today will be quite useful. Can I just say we don't know? Because we don't know. You know we were at the um, Digital Innovation Summit at UK Finance and pitched something using ISO 20022, um, which basically would allow law firms to keep a, keep the client account in place and kind of essentially move the money around on their behalf. There are other products where you'd get rid of the client account entirely. There'd be fees, there's no fees, there's cost involved. The honest answer is right now to sitting here today, we don't know. 
I know, Chris, you, you, you're, you, you're the SME in this. I'm saying we don't know. Yeah, you, might have, you, you, you might have a better, kind of a more, uh, more specific view on it. No, but I think if we're being candid, I think it's important to do so. I mean, we, you and I have had this conversation yeah. on, you, on numerous occasions just before we came on here. You know, and I think it's okay to, to, to say, you know, my brief has been very simple from you. Sift out the opinion and establish the facts. And, and that they are the facts. Absolutely. Know, we don't know. There are we're exploring ways of which this can happen. Fundamentally, this is going to be an incremental journey. The first steps of those increments don't mean that a client account is going to go. But there are products. The way that products need to be developed is to explore that. So what's really important here, and I think my invitation would be to anybody listening to the wider community of this is, is lean into this, collaborate, talk to us, and we can because we're going to work out how this is going to be done in the right way. For the benefit of everybody and we because we don't know the answers and i think this is the thing with innovation sometimes is that there isn't a very there's a north star there's an end point and there's a destination that everybody thinks right that's a good place to try to get to how we get there is incremental and you've got to work it out as we go which is a bit uncomfortable for people at times so that's not normally the way things are done but in the world of technology, in the world of innovation, that's kind of how it is, and it's best that we're honest about it. We don't know right now. No, absolutely. As it's done today, you know, we aren't going to be flogging product. You know, that's that's kind of where we sit today. We're not going to be flogging a product that that kind of solves this. We're trying to work our way through understanding where this fits in our industry for the for the for the best result for the clients, law firms, lenders to make it actually work properly. Um, so yeah, so it's you know, like Chris says, lean into it. But there's a journey to go on. I hate using that word journey, but there's, there is a journey. This is, it, this is going to iterate over time. There's a, there is not a product that you can just buy off the shelf today that goes, oh, you know, that's fixed it. it and look, that's at, at odds to some of the presentations and, and I've said it over the last sort of four, five, six months in particular. It's a, a very different take on things. I think the don't know probably gives a lot more comfort to the law firms I'm speaking in terms of it's a watching brief right now. We'll continue to kind of you know, communicate and collaborate with you as we learn more. But... I think it's fair to say that law firms feel like they're in a, in a place where they need to make a choice on what that looks like right now for a future. And what we're saying is that future in terms of the product's going to deliver that or the rail it's going to deliver that is still yeah. fairly uncertain. Yeah, and I think to, to try to expand upon that a little bit, it, 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 if the question you say is, you know, do, do people sit tight and is this a bit of a watching brief right now? My honest answer to that um, is it is to a point, but... If we put it again and use that phrase into context, whatever role that you play in the home buying ecosystem, whether you're a lender, law firm, vendor, whatever role that you play, you ultimately should be assessing your digital maturity levels on a regular basis. And what I mean by that is is understanding how digital technologies new innovations potentially going to impact you and your organisation. So every business within this space needs to be be in a state of readiness. And what that looks like is just having a digital first mindset and accepting that you're not all the answers aren't going to be available on the table straight away. But if you can be responsive to change, that's the most important state that you can be in. So as things evolve and develop, you're able to respond to those changes. This isn't going to happen overnight, just like no technology does. But it is important, I think, for people to recognise that, certainly from my vantage point, as I look across this ecosystem, 
The home buying market has been in a state of digital transformation for a number of years, but it's gone through what I would describe its first phase, which has been very vertical. So we've seen vertical elements of the conveyancing process digitized. We've done that internally within LMS and we've been, you know, we've, we've seen that happening. However, we are now moving into a new phase of maturity where we will start to look more horizontally across the ecosystem because things are quite fragmented digitally. I think we could probably all agree on that and join all this stuff together. And this comes back to what you were saying earlier, Nick, about look, there's lots of this, the process that's got to be digitized and that is now taking place. So if you can be ready for that, i.e. you're playing a part in it, you're playing a role in it by way of collaborating with you know the people in the ecosystem that are, that are reviewing and looking at this, such as ourselves, then that's what's going to support you on that journey. So whilst it's partly a watching brief, it's important to play a role. And that role is, to be present, lean into it, and, and see what's going on. And that would be my overall view of this, uh, as well as any element of digitization that takes place, and to select the right partners that are there observing this and can enable things for you. And I think that's an important part. And I suppose a question to you here, Nick, is that where you see Alamus's role in this right now today in terms of providing that kind of agnostic, kind of independent voice in terms of, of what that future is going to look like? And you know, and making sure that the key stakeholders are fully informed of that journey. Yeah, absolutely. Like Chris said, kind of we we brought Chris and the team in to look at this and get the facts. You know, there is a lot of opinion, and like you say, you go to events and you know we'll have presentations on. Oh, this has happened in a different jurisdiction, and look how beautiful it all is. And the reality in the UK is entirely different. You know, you don't have legislation. We've got chains. We don't have a digitized land registry. All of those things might come and they might come over time. The most important thing I think in this is to collaborate and collectively kind of lean into it and to get the facts out. The facts are really, really important. I spent the last year trying to work out what the hell is going on. And it's been really hard, you know. So we've managed to get onto the right committees, talk to the right people, and really get to the facts. And the facts are that you know, this is going to evolve significantly over the next couple of years. And the products that are sitting there today may not be the winners. They might be, they might not be. But the point is that we just need to kind of learn collectively. So LMS's role, as I see it within this, is to look after you know the the communities that we work with, the lenders, the law firms, give them the clarity of what's coming give them an understanding of the kind of products and services that are out there and allow them to make whatever choices they want to make over time. Um, so we're going to make sure that we are giving that information out regularly and we're going to get a coalition of people together that, that want to play and have a look at this. Absolutely. And we will talk about kind of how you can get involved in that for those people listening to this podcast. And just before we do that, Chris, I'm going to go back to you quickly and talk about the journey that you've been on with LMS for the last 12 months, the committees and, and the panels we've been part of and, and your journey in terms of learning enough about this kind of subject to, to kind of make an informed decision on what's going to happen next. Sure. So, look, we, we started on this journey um, probably just over 12 months ago now. And as we said, the brief was very simple to kind of sift out the opinion and establish the facts around RTGS and synchronisation, but also to assess the benefits to all stakeholder groups. And so over that period of time, we've worked closely with lenders, law firms to understand what can be done today. Um, with existing capabilities and technologies that will dovetail into what's coming into the future. And we are looking at that through the lens of the both the conveyancer and the lender, but ultimately with the consumer at the heart of it. Because let's not forget, at the heart of all of this is somebody either remortgaging or buying a property. One of the most single stressful 
things that any of us ever have to go through. And our role is to make that easy. And so that's what we've been looking at and through that lens to see how, how can that be made possible through this, whilst also looking at all the other bits of digitization that have been taking place as part of the LMS transformation journey to bring this together to truly deliver end-to-end -end digitization. As we sit here today, what that looks like is, as we've already stated, we're on all the necessary panels with all the work with all the key stakeholders to understand this. And we've got all the intelligence and information that's available today to be able to look at that carefully and closely and begin to pave that path forward. What that looks like, will that mean that we build a product? If we need to, we, we will do, if, um, it, it is my understanding. However, it may also mean that if there's something else out there in, in, in market that, that we can plug into our platform to enable it, if it's fit for purpose, then, we'll, then that's what we'll do. And so that's kind of where we are and, and, and where we're going as, as, as I see it. Yeah, so Chris is right. I mean, essentially, we're looking at a couple of different product sets here. So in the remortgage world, right now, I just don't see the problem that needs to be solved. You know, if you look at the 1.82 million people that came off or coming off uh, kind of ERCs this year, you know, probably 10% are actually doing a remo. And of that 10%, yeah, the reply in two or three months in advance, you know, the transactions going through, we're automating 20, 25% of them going through the process. Money's done. It just it is just not a problem <clears throat> that needs to be solved in the Remo world. It's a very small number of firms. So therefore, we're looking this, at this very much around, well, how does this help sale and purchase? And again, look at the entire process, you know, the, the 200 and something days that it's taken, the, the, the payments and the settlement and lodgement elements of it is a small component part and there's, there's so much more we need to do. So we're looking at this as, as an entire process from end to end and including the settlement and lodgement and lining ourselves up for when the technology is coming um, on stream with land registry, with the Bank of England, with different providers. So it will very much be for us get the law firms in, get lenders in, get all of our stakeholders together, get a coalition of the willing together that's willing to look at this, investigate things, try different solutions out. And over time, we will find the right solution. If that is buying one in, if that is bringing in third parties and plugging them into our platform, fantastic. If that's something that we need to do ourselves again. But right now, today, you know, in summary, we're not entirely sure where we're going to, where we're going to go. The journey is definitely unclear, but the end state of that synchronization, the movement of, uh, of money at the same time as title, is something that I think we will get to. How we get there is the unknown. And there's so many different stakeholders that have to come on this journey over this period of time, right? And it's a, such a diverse kind of industry we work within. There's so many different players. It's going to take quite a lot of movement and quite a lot of people working together to get that done. So it kind of brings us on nicely to where LMS is going to sit within the process for um, the immediate future. So we want to continue to... Um, communicate uh, and educate the industry and work with them to figure out what that first step looks like or that next step looks like um, and that creation of a coalition of of key stakeholders are going to work with us to kind of go on this journey together. Um, as part of this podcast and the follow-up communication surrounding it, there will be invitations sent out um, and um, the request to join this coalition uh, of people who are, want to engage in this process and want to take a leading hand in what's going to look like from the industry moving forward. So please do look out for that. Uh, and as always, uh, if you want any further details, please contact Chris Williams, uh, Nick Chadbourne, or myself. On behalf of LMS, uh, Chris, Nick, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn or visit lms.com for more information on LMS and our upcoming podcasts.